Welcome to the 31st episode of the Animal Riot Podcast, brought to you by Animal Riot Press, a literary press for books that matter. I'm your stand-in host, Katie Rainey, filling in for Brian Birnbaum while he's away. I'm so excited about today's episode. This is a special collaborative episode, the second of our two-part special, comprised of several interviews by bookstore owners and literary supporters that I'll be narrating along the way. (laughs) (laughs) And they're only putting out one author's book a year or something like that. Guy gets Um, all the moon pies. That guy gets all the moon pies. Is everyone here for the moon pie talk? Did you get that reference? Okay. Steve will return to the moon pies at some point. Two weeks ago, we collaborated with our pals from Southern Fried Karma Press. Many months ago, SFK's publisher, Steve McCondishy, and I sat down to talk about what a possible collaboration between our presses might look like. For small or fiercely independent, as Steve likes to say, presses without big marketing budgets, creating grassroots on the grounds initiative are essential to getting the word out about your press, sharing your author's work, and finding new writers. Of course, we can put out the call all day long, but one of the things we love about indie presses is the close personal relationships they have with their writers. And we develop those by getting our boots on the ground and meeting folks. Not tonight! tonight. (laughs) There's there's a lot of good writing out there that can can find an audience. And and that's, that's... what we're going to talk about now is finding your audience. You got to be in the in the bookstores, doing what you guys are doing tonight on a regular basis. You've got to be part of the literary community and involved in the bookstores. North Carolina's got more great bookstores in it in the Piedmont area. That's how I pronounce Piedmont. That's how we pronounce it in Georgia. Yeah. When Steve and I started to put this tour together, we almost instantly decided on North Carolina. SFK Press has several authors on their roster from North Carolina, and I personally have close ties with the state after having lived in Winston-Salem for many years. We knew there was an active literary community there, and aside from our wanting to promote our writers, which you can catch an interview with George Hovis and Matthew Duffus, who are on the tour on episode 30, we wanted to make connections to these communities, including bookstore owners, writers, and supportive literature lovers. Part of the reason why we're doing these tours in all local bookstores is because just like independent presses, we feel that local bookstores are doing the work for readers and for writers that should be done. Big chains, Barnes & Noble, they don't care about our books, they don't care about local authors, they care about the, the big ones, that the big houses, the big five, soon to probably be the big four because they all keep eating each other until it's just the big one, which is Amazon. <laughs> so Steve and I decided this wouldn't be just any book tour, but a collaborative conversation on publishing, writing, and community. We traveled to six different cities and bookstores in the western half of North Carolina and talked with writers from all over about their work and what the indie publishing scene is doing at least from our perspective. Yeah, so I think one of the big things for us and, and what we're really advocating for, like we, we are two small presses, two fiercely independent presses, excuse me, and are friends of a lot of other fiercely independent presses. And one thing that people don't tend to look at when they read a book is who the publisher is and where the book's coming from. And you hear over and over again, like, why is this person getting published? On Why are they on the New York Times list? You said earlier, you know why over and over again because the market is scared, the industry is scared, 
They're afraid to put out books that might challenge their readers in some way. So rather than going with an unknown author who, we don't know how this book is going to go, but the, the book's really good, but it's a little bit challenging. We have no idea what kind of popularity they have. So why don't we go with the safer bet by this very well-known writer who has written a kind of mediocre book, but we know it's going to sell X amount. And that happens over and over and over again in big publishing. And that's where indie presses start to come in and work just like independent bookstores. Where at Barnes & Noble, they're going to stock whatever they can, right? But here at Bookmarks, they're going to go through and read the books and hand-picked. You've got staff picks. They can You can come in here and say, I'm really into science fiction like I'm really into literary science fiction so I want something like well crafted with like enhanced language but also that has that science fiction element can you like help me figure out it's not quite in the fiction it's not quite in the sci-fi section what might I like you're gonna get that level of customer service here that you want Barnes & Noble for sure and that is the same with indie presses they are handcrafting books they're working directly with the authors like forming relationships I mean George and Steve Y'all are, are buddies <laughs> traveling around North Carolina together. No publisher of the Big Five is doing that with their authors. They're not going to hardly any readings unless it's a big fancy New York City launch party. But a lot of indie presses are digging down in, into the trenches, making these books happen, putting forth literature that really needs an audience and helping their authors find an audience. And so that's an important thing that I try to encourage everybody in our literary community to like start looking at who's publishing the books you like. We didn't want the conversation to be one-sided, meaning that we didn't want to just come in and talk about what we believe about publishing in the literary community. Our events were a dialogue between us and writers and the bookstores that hosted us, and the folks that attended. So that's what we're sharing with you today. We recorded conversations at every event with the people that run the bookstores and community spaces we were welcomed in. First, we talked with Shannon of Scuppernog Books in Greensboro. My name is Shannon Jones. I am the manager of Scuppernog Books, Greensboro's independent bookshop. We have been here about five and a half years. This was the, the brainchild of uh, Brian Lampkin and Steve Mitchell, the two co-owners, and they also have another party of uh, Dave and Deb White, or the other okay. uh, owning parties here. But it was hatched as the brainchild of Brian and Steve to have a space in Greensboro that was an independent bookshop but that also very much served as a community space and space for ideas and congregating. Our second event was at Bookmarks in Winston-Salem and although we didn't get to record an interview with the team there, also shout out to Jamie, Lisa, and Jennifer and the whole team that helped make this event happen. We did get a nice introduction from Lisa on how Bookmarks started. We started this festival. Mm -hmm. like the, okay. There was a junior leaguer that had this dream and and out of that has grown, like in addition to the bookstore, which just celebrated its second anniversary last last month, we also have the Authors in Schools program. We also have, we're in the midst of the Book Build Capital campaign, which is putting 300 new titles in each of the county school libraries. So, cool. Half a million dollar three year project. We're two thirds of the way into it, so now we've actually got some process to it. It's kind of cool. But it's making a difference. It's putting books in the kids' hands with authors that look like them, with characters that look like them, so they can see themselves in these books. Awesome. Thank you. Enjoy. Yeah. Thanks. Give it up one more time for book <laughs> uh, Next, we went to Sunrise Books in High Point and talked with owner Angel. I'm Angel Schroeder, and I own Sunrise Books in High Point, North Carolina. 
and we opened about three years ago. We moved here less than a year ago. Oh, so okay. this store is new, newer. <laughs> what was the impetus for opening the store? To have something to do in High Point. This is my first retail venture. Okay. <laughs> I have written, I have been in printing, I've done a lot of different things, but I thought if High Point is ever gonna have a downtown, it really needs a bookstore. Yeah. Where's the name come from? Oh, my daughter came up with that name. I have a 19-year-old daughter, and she said, I wish I could see the sunrise every morning. We were in the car going somewhere. Aww. And, you know, she's a teenager. Yeah. She doesn't see the sunrise very often. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so this would take some kind of magical event. <laughs> but I started thinking about it, and sunrise, you know, it seemed very optimistic mm-hmm. and happy and you know, forward-looking, so that's that's how it came about. Our fourth stop was in West Asheville, where we recorded with Mick, one of the owner-workers of Firestorm Books. Sure, so I'm a worker-owner here at Firestorm. My name is Mick. Yes, <laughs> yes. my name is Mick, and I'm a, I'm a worker-owner here at Firestorm. So we were a worker-owned cooperative, okay. and we run the bookstore collectively, so we all share the managerial work in terms of operating the bookstore. It's not volunteer-based? It's not volunteer-based, no, no. okay. There's four of us, three of oh. who are owners, and the other person is on track to become an owner. Okay, cool. So it started in 2008, mm-hmm. and I think at that point it was it, it was a much larger project. It kind of, it started off primarily as a cafe mm-hmm. and community space, and a kind of library and bookstore developed alongside that. So Firestorm was in downtown Asheville in 2008 and was there until 2013. And at that point, the collective looked at doing some restructuring and, act- and found out that actually most of the folks who were coming in and were returning customers there were located in West Asheville. So there was the decision made to move to West Asheville. Okay. And within that, there was like a year-long break. So it took a while to find a new location and then kind of move stuff into storage and then move that stuff over here. But Firestorm started in this location in 2015. Okay. So it has been here now for four years. And now at this point, really, so initially in this location, we were still a bookstore and a cafe. Mm -hmm. Since that time, the cafe has come down and the bookstore has expanded. So if you go and take a look, we've got this children's section that uh, was a big expansion last year. And we still hold on to the coffee and a little bit of a cafe space, but now we have really taken the identity of a bookstore Mm -hmm. with this community room as something that we offer to the community. And finally, we talked with Eleanor, the manager of Main Street Books in Davidson. My name is Eleanor Merrill. I am the event coordinator at Main Street Books. And Main Street Books opened in 1987 by two friends who ran it admirably until 2015 when they decided they were ready to retire. Okay. At which point they sold the bookstore to Ada Fitzgerald, a graduate at Davidson College who was teaching in the area. She was actually my seventh grade biology teacher. Oh, cute. Yes, isn't it? And now we're co-workers. So she's now the owner, right? She's now the owner. She's your boss now? She's my boss now. That's cute. Yeah. And she totally renovated the entire space. Oh, really? It's a beautiful space. Yeah. Yeah, they did a great job. And a lot of it, the, the construction and all that, they did themselves, her and her family. And 
since then, with the help of, of her booksellers and staff, she's been sort of vamping up the, the author programming and just getting more life in here. We had a sixth event at Walls of Books in Cornelius, North Carolina, but unfortunately didn't get to record that conversation. Shout out to Melinda and her daughter, Lindsay, who run the store together. We wanted to share those intros to each bookstore to acknowledge and thank the folks who sat down to chat with me. These bookstores are more than just places to buy books. They're places of community where people of all ilks can come together and share ideas. You know, just a space where people can come and talk to each other, talk about books, talk Mm -hmm. about whatever's going on in the world. You know, like in addition to, you know, having book clubs here and authors and Mm -hmm. different events for presses and things, we also try to let a lot of different community groups use the space and we also on our schedule have done several series of events that encourage dialogue and conversation. Mm -hmm. So you do some events for other groups too. You said you have Mm -hmm. a church group coming Mm -hmm. in after us and of course we're here doing you know the Fugitives and Rabbits tour. What are some other community events and things going on? I've had various groups in here. I do uh, my church meets in little groups here. You know, sometimes you just want to be outside of church (laughs) (laughs) with with your church friends. We have several book clubs in here. We've also had some Democratic Party events here, and I've had a couple of, well, I had one candidate here a couple years ago. And, you know, it's just kind of a a good third place to to have meetings and come together. So I pretty much say yes to about everything that wants to come in here. Because it's just great. great to have people here. We have a poetry group that comes and reads their own poetry once a month, which is kind of a hoot. Oh, that's great. With the other bookstores that we've been to, you know, we've been really trying to highlight the community work that local bookstores do because it's, it's, they're never just a bookstore. Mm -hmm. It's always like there's a space for conversation, for critical thought, and to like further the community. And it's why most of these bookstores have opened. And you already Mm -hmm. said you thought High Point needed, High Point downtown needed a bookstore if there was ever going to be a downtown. Do you feel like you've been accomplishing that, that mission with, with Sunrise Books? I do. I do. I mean, we clearly have room for lots more to Mm -hmm. go on, but we've had, there's a a Christmas event that happens right around here that's really great. And Mm -hmm. it's just been a matter of getting the word out, which Mm -hmm. in this day and age, I sound old, you know, people don't read the newspaper like they used no. to, and yeah. we don't have a local radio, and it's just hard to figure out where to get the word out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been a challenge. Well, hopefully we'll be able to help you with some of that. Yeah, I so. Say, you know, <laughs> for those high point listeners mm-hmm. that you're here and you're welcoming, and it's a very welcoming store. It's very bright and sunny in here, as the name suggests. So what kind of events do you guys host back here? Yeah, the a whole wide range of events. Folks have like monthly meetup groups mm-hmm. around various interests. Mm-hmm. And then there obviously is author events, but there also will from time to time be like workshops. So things that come to mind are like herbal, like there's a, a big herbalism scene here in mm-hmm. Asheville. So folks have done workshops back here around that kind of oh, stuff. Cool. And that's like, we really envision this space as a space of encounter yeah. where, you know, folks from different walks of life, from different places can come to and meet one another. And like, I think there's a lot of talk these days about what, safe, what spaces are safe mm-hmm. and not. And we put in work and are intentional about 
trying to create a space that is safer mm -hmm. but we also know that like conflict and tension is kind of inevitable mm -hmm. when people from different walks of life are mixing with one another and we don't shy away from that we think we actually we yeah. need that for growth yeah but it you know it is complicated and nuanced as well yeah uh, we want folks to be able to show up as them full self mm -hmm. as their full selves and i think our ask is that that's done in good faith yeah. right so it's not about getting the language right every single time every right. time you open your mouth it's not about like it's not creating an environment where people aren't allowed to be wrong or aren't allowed to say the wrong thing it's asking folks to show up open-minded and in good faith mm -hmm. yeah do you guys do a lot of like community i mean this is a great space to have a conversation back here is do you do a lot of different like what are some different events that you do back here sure so we have a few different clubs mm -hmm. we have a, a writing club a book club and an audiobook and knitting club which has been a fun adventure and so that those those groups tend to be really tight-knit yeah and then we do a ton of programming and some of that is just sort of the traditional reading and signing with authors we've been trying to expand into more interactive programming so mm -hmm. that the readers really feel connected and mm. involved and have discovered that those tend to be our more successful events where people are walking away feeling yeah. like oh yeah I really I feel good after I got some things exactly. yeah. yeah yeah that's definitely what we like we're trying to come in with that is a bit being more of a dialogue and like question answer conversation rather than just like a here's some information digest it kind yeah. of thing yeah. yeah most local bookstores go beyond that title and open their doors to the local community in all kinds of ways what would you say the mission of main street books is yeah we talk about that a lot mm -hmm. and sort of what through those conversations what we've come to decide is one of the most important things that we can do is is sort of the same mission as books which is that i think and and a lot of the folks here think that they should be both windows and mirrors mm -hmm. a way to look into other people's mm -hmm. lives and empathize and also a way to see yourself reflected back at you i like that and so as you can see we have a gathering space back here and so it affords us the opportunity to let books become sort of a mechanism for making those same windows and mirrors connections with people mm -hmm. and I think that can happen a lot of times through conversations about characters and narratives and reading so I, that those sorts of community building face-to-face -face interactions are, are really what what we're trying to do yeah. here there's I mean so much progress to me to be made in just dialogue that I don't think people think a lot about that and that how like local bookstores can be a platform for that it's not just about selling books it's a community space and where you guys are promoting these conversations, which I think is wonderful. I don't know of too many bookstores that are, are doing that at that level, which is, is really incredible. Well, I think it's important for a bookstore, and I know this is something that Brian and Steve feel strongly about too, is that it's important, like I say, for it to just be a hub of ideas, whether that's mm -hmm. we're getting together to talk about where the crowd had sing for, you know, this yeah. month for the book club, you know, or whatever the hot read is for that summer or or we're getting together to talk about you know this big pressing social issue you know it's all one in the same thing it's just people who live in the same area coming together mm -hmm. to share ideas and have those one-on-one -on -one interactions which is why i think you are seeing a bit of resurgence in independent bookstores mm -hmm. because that's the aspect that community aspect is the thing you can't really get from amazon or from like the big chains like barnes and noble they don't have that you will come in and see people and know that they'll want to engage with yeah. you and talk to you about, oh, I just read this great book, let me tell you about it, I'm excited about it, or 
oh, hey, we have this event going on that we're really excited about. Please come out and be a yeah. part of it and like get to know the people mm -hmm. in your community that way. And I think that's the element that's missing from a lot of the big box book chains, yeah, like formerly Borders and, you know, still Barnes & Noble, and then obviously like the internet giants like Amazon. For sure. They just don't have that thing that I think a lot of readers want. Yeah. Two years ago, we had a series that ran through the fall called Ask a Muslim Anything, oh. which was a series of panel events that we had some people who were local authors, some just local community members and clergy members and different Muslim temples throughout town and just answering questions and having like discussions about it. And we also, uh, last fall, had an immigration stories series where we had different authors and conversation groups on what it means to be an immigrant and what it means to be a refugee in the United States. Wow, so Scubbernog's so. really taking that community level, like community work to the next level where it's like, sure. how do we get this conversation out in the community? These are questions people have, so why not get a panel of, of Muslim folks up here and answer questions and make people feel like more understanding, because the more you understand each other, Exactly, and and really, it's something that has just been blossomed very naturally out of the passions and interests of the ownership and management mm -hmm. here. Like, it's never been a forced thing, or, or, or we feel like we have to talk about X, Y, and Z topic. It's usually, this is something we feel passionate about anyway, yeah. and so we want to. Like, we also had a good bit of organizing here, and, and different conversation groups and panels uh, during the House Bill 1, the bathroom bill mm -hmm. in North Carolina. We sort of accidentally became a hub for that conversation just wow. because it, we have a lot of LGBT and particular transgender sure. uh, customers here and people in our community that we care about who are transgender. And so it ended up being a very natural thing for us to be outspoken about it and try to yeah. serve as a community community dialogue point. Did someone in the community it. reach out to have that conversation or was that like just you heard things going on, people were already doing it in here? Um, no, we knew, you know, obviously we knew the news of what House Bowl sure. one was and, and what was being discussed in that at the political level and it started with uh, us just making a statement saying, well, we disagree with this and anyone can use, you know, our restrooms and we fundamentally disagree with like the principle behind this bill and then that led to community groups reaching out saying, well, hey, we heard that you guys are against this. Can we use the space for this or that mm -hmm. education event surrounding mm -hmm. it? And we said, sure. And it kind of spiraled from there. So most of these things are born very naturally out of you know, the sensibilities and passions of the yeah. management here. You guys are, from what I understand, the collective is like a very, like, promotes itself as like an LGBTQ safe space, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're an anarchist collective, mm -hmm. so I think that's where you see that manifest is in the worker ownership. So there is no boss, we, we all, we manage the bookstore collectively. And then we've got, you know, general interest books with a radical slant that are primarily gonna feature queer and trans and feminist and like radical political literature, whether that's fiction or nonfiction. So yeah, that's, and then that, you know, sort of is the core of our community. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of build out from there. How have you seen that like focus affect the Ash the West Asheville community around you? Well, I think the West Asheville 
community really likes having us here, supports us, yeah. and I think that at times things can be, you know, just in the current political mm-hmm. uh, context, intense or tension can rise, and the community is always very supportive of our presence and continued mm-hmm. work. So we feel we feel good about where we're at. Like I said, we've been here for four years now, and we're having one of our best years so far. So things things are looking good. That's that's one thing we've been talking to most. You know, all the bookstore owners have said like because we're in all like local private small bookshops that really like curate what they're doing and like the events they put on in the books that it becomes a really like space for like dialogue and community and like Mm -hmm. folks come in it's not just a bookstore it's really about like promoting that community oriented lens in where they are yeah it's really cool just to hear you guys talk about it i have a quick question about like the poc writing community here do you see that like if Firestorm is, I don't know, I guess, like, what does it look like? Do, does, I'm assuming that all fits into the same, like, LGBTQ mission and trying to cultivate that space. Sure, I mean, like, we, anti-racism is written into mm-hmm. our anti-oppression statements. Okay. We've got a statement that's published on our website, and we do a lot of work, to, you know, to be intentional about what authors are we are highlighting. So, like, for instance, I know there's been a lot of maybe, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but in, in um, writing for young adult fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and we have, we, we've really moved towards only featuring books that are written in someone's own voice. Okay. So when it's a character, like characters of color, that that is written by and from the perspective of someone who understands that world. Right. Okay. So those are like some of the small things we do just in terms of being intention intentional about our inventory, mm-hmm. who we're spotlighting, who we're carrying, and like how we curate our inventory. Yeah. yeah. I asked each bookstore representative what effect or impact they think they've had with this work on their communities. I would say the biggest thing we saw, and this is typically what we see here, is just the conversations. It's yeah. really nice to see people talking to each other about these yeah. things and see, you know, maybe someone's views or if not necessarily changed, it's at least augmented by, mm-hmm. oh, I've never thought about this aspect mm. of an issue before. And and so you see that at a lot of our events. We just hope that people come away with new ideas and yeah. new points of conversations. Mm-hmm. What we've been seeing all week with the different bookstores we've been in is that they are not just bookstores. It is a place for community to have dialogue about different things in the community, things going on in the world, a space for people to process and to like come in and feel safe, even though like the word safe space is like a debatable thing, but for a place of community. And so I guess, have you seen anything like that, like grow in in this store, like community dialogue about certain things happening outside of the, the bookstore? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it really puts into perspective how eager people are to just connect with Mm -hmm. other people so I can't tell you how many times I've been working a shift and someone will come in and we'll start a conversation about books but they're looking for a lead-in to talk about Mm. something that's happening in life which is just in some ways it's shocking but in other ways it just makes the most perfect sense in the world and so we we've also tried to use the space to have conversations in the wake of the last presidential election and in the wake of some of our our town board elections that created a 
bit of a rift in our community. So oh, really, we tried to have some some conversations and programming in the store then as well. Can you talk about that rift, or is that like a succinctly? I would describe it as differing visions of where the town should go, which mm. has grown, I, I want to say quadrupled within 10 years in terms oh, wow. of population size. So it's trying to figure out how to grow and preserve the character of the town and different ideas about what that should look like. So you've got different ideologies, like kind of battling for the identity of the town. Exactly. I think it's pretty easy to see why bookstores are so important. They aren't just a place for buying and selling books. They're places of community where folks with different backgrounds can come together and share ideas. They are where the conversations this country needs to have happen are happening. One thing that is so important is the literary community and how we interact with it. So we were very interested in hearing how other places interact with their communities and what they're like. The, like, the literary community in Greensboro, are there writers' networks? Are there, I mean, I'm sure you host groups and book clubs, you said, in here. Yes. So they're actually, we're very fortunate to have a strong writing and literary community here in Greensboro. I think that is a function in part of all the universities that we have in town. Mm -hmm. So we have University of North Carolina at Greensboro, which has a very prominent MFA program, both for fiction and for poetry. Mm -hmm. And so they have a very strong writing literary community there. We also have North Carolina A&T State University Mm -hmm. here in town, Bennett College, and Greensboro College. So there are quite a bit of um, university groups and we actually carry the books of several professors in the, at the various oh, universities awesome. who are writers and we yeah. hosted lots of writing events for that and there is also uh, the North Carolina Writers Network mm-hmm. has the, their monthly meeting and open mic here uh, on the second Monday of every month at 6.30. Oh cool, we have invited them tonight mm-hmm. so we'll see. Yes, and I have a message for you actually. Oh great. Something <laughs> that, that are coming but anyway. And then we also are not the nonprofit Greensboro Bound Literary Organization. Mm-hmm is the group that we work with to do the Greensboro Bound Literary Festival Mm -hmm. every year that we put on. Also hosts a series of writing workshops here at the store um, that people can come to. Those are, you know, registration and for pay, but they usually don't cost very much, like $10 or something like that to come. And then we also host a quarterly open mic called First Draft through Greensboro Bound, which is an open mic for works in progress. And it is meant to be an open mic of things you were actually working on. The thing I read last at at a first draft was an essay that was not actually finished. So we got two-thirds of the way through, and I stood up there and said, and now here's the gist of the next six (laughs) paragraphs, the end. (laughs) So it was very much a works in progress open mic. But that's actually kind of the fun of it, is you really have a writing community of people who can be silly together and acknowledge that, yeah, this is the rough version of this that we're all working on together. Great. Yeah, I've been looking while here for other reading series going on because my press started out of a reading series, and mm-hmm. so it's cool to hear. Do they have a name or anything that they call themselves? Oh, yeah, they have the Pullman Poet Society. Okay. Because they started off meeting in an old Pullman car, which is the home of our High Point Arts organization. Oh, I love it. So. That's great. Yeah. Eleanor of Main Street Books talked about the way Southern writers are viewed and the way they ought to be viewed. So the literary community I have found in North Carolina and throughout the South to typically just stray more liberal on the political spectrum Mm -hmm. than many other spaces. Sure. And so I am inclined to say that part of that is, well, not part of that, that's entirely reflected in our story. And we we do strive to curate a a wide selection of of reading for wide selection of views. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I haven't got a really good fully formed theory about why 
that tends to be the prevailing political positioning in, in literary communities. I feel like the arts always tends to be progressive and liberal. That's true. In general. That's true. I mean, it's just, that's the way that, like, art, that's what arts and culture does, is it pushes that way. That's um, very true. And there are certainly flaws in, like, liberalism and progressivism and but it's good to like have a space like this where you're saying you're bringing in a wide variety of authors where you can challenge like those different views and like start to work through those things because like so many times you see in spaces outside of this that like those siloed opinions just like divide and people don't want to bridge that gap and talk so we really see bookstores as a space where like that dialogue can start to happen and Mm -hmm. like people can reach across like the books that they love and and start to see one another. I think it's also interesting that I think of storytelling as a as a southern tradition. Oh yeah, why is that? I, I think just cuz I think about in in my head when I hear really good storytelling it's always with a slow southern drawl and that might just be mm. because the people who have told me stories mm-hmm. have had that. Part of it is when we do have these conversations and and he- hearing different viewpoints but both with the southern accent mm-hmm. I, is just I love hearing that. Yeah. You know, cuz I think it just it's it's unexpected. Yeah. That's one so well that's one thing well Steve was talking about earlier tonight that like, you know, he founded Southern Fried Karma because he didn't want say a certain vision of the South to be the face of the South. And like we both really align with that mission. Like we know that what people stereotypically think of the South and we also know like the the arts and culture and literary scenes that thrive in the South that people don't often get to see, which like I'm guilty of as as you said in our emails that you know like I tend to be as hypercritical about the South as as anybody else from the South you know just like I can like get really negative about where I come from but that there's actually like a really thriving scene that does often gets overlooked and people don't really think about that I'm wondering if you could just like maybe speak a little bit to that to that community yeah well I think it's it's interesting that we we use identity groups to help to help us shape our understanding of ourselves Mm -hmm. and yet identity groups are comprised of vastly different individuals Mm -hmm. and what they there are different elements of the identity group that are speaking to them that's not universally the same across all the Mm -hmm. you know all the members so they are a shorthand for us but that that there's so much more nuanced Mm -hmm. than is often able to be expressed in you know a quick video bite and so part of what i love about books is that you 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 spend time it with fiction especially Mm -hmm. you like really spend time with a character in their narrative Mm -hmm. and you get to suss out all the nuances and it's it's messy and so i think that's true of of not just literature but arts in general Mm -hmm. Um, and so i think it's a, a really effective vehicle for just dissecting all the different and yeah developing empathy yes for sure yeah Mm. absolutely while it's important to talk about and highlight the great work these community hubs are doing it's also important to talk about the challenges they face and how's it been going how have the last three years been good i've learned a lot yeah (laughs) you know they don't teach you finance uh, in your English degree. No. <laughs> no. I, I'd say still the biggest challenge is getting the word out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's a reason to go to a bookstore mm-hmm. rather than just ordering things online. And I know people are going to order things online. Sure. And it, you know, you don't have to order, you don't have to buy every book 
in person at a bookstore, but a few would be nice. Yeah, yeah getting the word out that there is a bookstore here, mm-hmm. I still, after three years, find lots of people who don't know we exist. So That's one thing that we're really, you know, with this tour trying to like have conversations about is that both locally owned bookstores, small bookstores, and indie presses like us, or fiercely independent presses if Steve's around, <laughs> are doing something that, say, the big five publishing or like Barnes & Noble aren't mm-hmm. doing. Very community-driven. We're publishing literature that I think is a little bit more like challenging, intellectually stimulating mm-hmm. than, than, say, you know... I'm not, not knocking on S- Simon & Schuster, but... And, you know, without this, we we're not just losing, you know, without this bookstore, we're not just losing books, we're losing that space for community, that place where people can feel welcome and open. I mean, the same with libraries, you know, Mm -hmm. they have somewhere to go for folks who who can't go anywhere during the day, you know, it's a free space to do that. So that's like one of the things we are really just trying to highlight on this tour is not only the work that we're doing, but the work that bookstores are doing as well. Are there any challenges in being that collective? Sure, I, I, I think there are challenges that are similar to any type of small business sure. operation. Yeah. But it's, it's a different context in which to run a business. Mm-hmm. The room we're in right now, you know, again, we have like found ways to support ongoing community work. So, you know, most of our revenue is generated by selling books yeah. and merchandise, but we're also on Patreon. Okay. So we do have a community sustainers program. So folks sign up to give us a certain amount of money Mm -hmm. per month and we thank them and give them discounts Mm -hmm. on purchases in the store as well as some other perks. And that really, that community sustainers program really goes to make this project of the community room sustainable because like we've got this space here right now that isn't monetized, Mm -hmm. you know, this in most cases when you're paying the amount we are in rent because you know rent is going up everywhere to not utilize that space to you know sell more inventory is can look counterintuitive Mm -hmm. but you know our community mission is just is just as much a part of the bookstore as any other components Mm -hmm. so we think it's valuable and the community the community has responded by you know, investing in us through that community sustainers program. Local bookstores, like a lot of small business owners, are up against a capitalistic market of consolidation and acquisition at every turn, where big companies are getting bigger as they eat each other up. Chains like Barnes & Noble and Amazon dominate the bookstore industry, just like the big five in publishing. But small bookstores have survived because their visions go beyond consumerism. One of the best things about any small bookstore is how knowledgeable their staff is. Don't know what to read next? They're going to have a better and more in-depth answer for you than some algorithm on Amazon. I went into this tour knowing I would buy one book from each store. (laughs) Because let's be real, I, like most writers and readers, have a book buying problem. And I got some great recommendations along the way. If I were to get one book in this store, what would you recommend? Oh... Gosh, that's a hard question. Uh, Frank Morelli, okay, who wrote a young adult novel a year or two ago. I just finished very recently *The Island of Sea Women* by Lisa C. That was an absolutely phenomenal book. I loved it, and I'm currently it's very a fiction or no? Yes, it's fiction. fiction. It is a novel. So I just finished a book. It's called *Zero Bomb*. 
Okay, what's uh, that? It was a writer from the UK. It was it was set in the near future, uh, sci-fi. I just finished The Gulf by Bell Boggs, okay. which was it came out, I think, a month ago, sort of a straight-to-paperback. Was it good? It was good. Another one that I'm excited about is um, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. That yeah. is the One City, One Book selection for Greensboro okay. Public Libraries this summer. I don't want to overdo it because it has definitely been our best-selling book since it came out in March, but Pleasure Activism. Okay. Are you familiar? Adrienne no. Marie Brown. No. What's it about? Adrienne Marie Brown is a writer, organizer, and also considers himself to be a pleasure activist. Mm-hmm. So the point of the book, it's like about the politics of feeling good. I love Max Porter. Okay. He is an author with Grey Wolf Press. Oh, okay. And um, he's just phenomenal, but very strange. And so it's I like that. Difficult to recommend him to readers. My TBR pile is back to ridiculously high right now. Before we close out, I asked some of the stores to shout out upcoming events they've got going on. So if you're in the area, check some of these events out. I do know we've got, because I was just writing an email about this, new, she's a new young adult author, Corey Wang, will be here on Wednesday, September 25th with her new novel, City of Beasts. I'm pretty excited about that because we are trying to grow our young adult offerings here mm-hmm. at the store for events and, you know, opportunities to engage you know, like a teenage crowd, mm-hmm. which is not something we've ever really done before. And I'm pretty excited to be, you know, reaching out a little bit more to our high school audience and trying to do more events for them. Yeah, so we, we've actually, we've got a book fair coming up at the end of this month. Oh. It's it's an anarchist book fair, another Carolina anarchist book fair. So that'll be the second to last week of August, the 23rd through the 25th. And there's going to be workshops all day back here in the community room on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then, obviously, we've got the books here, but there'll also be vendors setting up just down the road at the Mothlight, which is a music venue. Should be a really cool, really, like, rad event. Is uh, it a free festival? It's free. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so anyone can come. We want to thank all of the people who sat down with us to talk about their stores and literary communities. These folks are doing the grassroots work that needs to be done to continue expanding and pushing the boundaries of literature. With that being said, I would ask that you listeners take from this episode the power and influence that you have. You have a choice where to buy your books and coffee, and I would ask that you think deeply next time you go to purchase a book about where you're getting it from. Before you buy that book with one click from Amazon, consider ordering it from your local bookstore instead and help keep businesses like Skeppernog in Greensboro, Bookmarks in Winston-Salem, Sunrise Books in High Point, Firestorm in Asheville, Main Street Books in Davidson, or Walls of Books in Cornelius in business. The thing I want people to know the most about supporting their local independent books, so not just Skeppernog, but all local indies um, around, is really what a difference it makes in your community to choose to do that mm-hmm. instead of you know going to amazon or another resource for mm-hmm. your books is that it's it's directly impacting your community not just financially but also by helping bring authors to your community and bring book clubs to your community talks to your community mm-hmm. you're really helping foster discussions and ideas and 
like things that have no monetary value, things that are very culturally valuable mm -hmm. to your town and city mm -hmm. are, are things that are going to be supported in an independent bookstore. And that is the thing that I really want people to know about supporting your local indies that you are going to, your money is going toward supportive values mm -hmm. in, and intellectual values in your community, which I think is really important. For anybody, not just for Skepernong. But obviously, yeah. I want people to support us, too. Because I love my job. And we'd like to keep it. <laughs> yeah, keep this great bookstore alive. Come, come buy books. Thank you so much for answering my questions. Well, thank you, Mick, so much for taking Absolutely. time and answering my questions. Sure. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me and also hosting us tonight. This has been awesome. Like, it was a great conversation. And we just really appreciate being here. Thank so you for thank being you. here. Yeah. I mean, the people who came were clearly hungering for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and review on whichever platform you're listening. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Animal Riot Press or through our website, AnimalRiotPress.com. This has been the 31st episode of the Animal Riot Podcast with me, Katie Rainey, your stand-in host for Brian Birnbaum. Thanks to all of the members of the North Carolina literary community who made an appearance on today's episode. Our transcripts for our deaf and hard of hearing animals are provided by Jonathan Kay. This episode was edited by our podcast assistant, Dylan Thomas, and we are produced by me, Katie Rainey. See you later, you filthy animals. Belly.